Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wolves Fancast. We are recording pretty much straight after our unsurprisingly 1-1 draw with Newcastle. Um, I've got Stu, Gully and Kim with me to review the game. Uh, But just before we start, um, on Friday we had the sad news that beloved club historian Graham Hughes passed away at the age of 87. Uh, he, of course, has the, the Graham Hughes stand, stand men after him. Um, and even just a cursory glance online shows the standing of Graham within the club and within the fan base and the affection that the fans held for him. Uh, usually you see him in the Molyneux reception. Um, almost there's loads of people who have met him or have had interaction with him down the years. Um, and he's referred to in glowing terms. Uh, so he will be sorely missed. And all of us here at the fan cast are there. Uh, thoughts with his family at this time. So, on to the game. Um, lineups, ladies and gentlemen, what did we think of our lineup today? We was unchanged for the third game in a row. So, almost seems as though at this moment in time, we've gone back to the that that time when we just could set our watch to the team. Um, any issues at all with the lineup, Stu? I'll, I'll uh, give you the baton. <laughs> you don't really generally change your winning side there if you can help it. So even though it hadn't really been convincing as such, there was no real reason to change it up massively. And there's still there was actually options on the bench, which was amazing considering where we were a few months ago. I mean obviously not that they were used as usual, but they were still there. But yeah, I was I was very nonplussed about it. It's just well, yeah, it's expected. This is what it's going to be and this is what it is. Say options on the bench. Do we have? Did I get this right? Did so someone say we had one less player on the bench than what we could have had? We did, yeah, we didn't name the full full quota, which is just. <laughs> is that, oh, right, okay. <laughs> I think the, the the situation is though, if the players are with the under twenty threes, they're basically keeping them in as a bubble, um, so you can't really flip between the two. Um, so the option might not have been there to actually take someone from there just to fill the quota. So, but yeah, yeah, I'm using this all the time. <laughs> I mean, we could have at least just put another goalie on the bench, couldn't we? Just to make it less embarrassing. Well, we did it. The, I'm sure we did it the one week where we had Sondergaard yeah. and um, did, one yeah. other. Yeah. But <laughs> to be fair, he could have done a job uh, outfield for us today, I think. But we'll get into that. I mean, I, I suppose it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing to, it's a good position to be in. Whereas before, we it always seemed like every week there was someone was chopped and changed. And also, it's a testament to the form that we've been in that we're gonna that we keep an unchanged team. Although, um, I suppose the only position you would potentially consider is the the Kilman Safe position. Am I right, Kim? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thought you were actually going to say William Jose or Silver, but well, I'm sure we'll come on to that one later on. But. I no, I, I'm I'm happier with Dendonka at centre back generally. So at the time before the game, I was like, fair. Um, not not over Kilman, but what I mean is not in, not in centre midfield. But personally, I would have I would have started with Kilman. I think that's pretty obvious that our centre backs can't man mark Kil- uh, Dendonka anyway. So yeah, but overall, you couldn't have been, you know. The group chat was kind of dead of lineup talk, wasn't it? And that just showed how really it was. It was fine, wasn't it? 
you know, we're playing Newcastle. You'd like to think that we were set up how we usually would, and yeah, there's no no issues, was there? Until yeah, you're right. I mean, normally when the when the chat when the teams just come out, it's normally a flurry of chat, isn't there? I think there was met with a bit of wall of silence tonight when, when the teams come out because what can you what can you really say really when like we're on a decent run of form, we're unchanged for the third game running. You know, okay, fair enough. Um, I mean, one thing I wanted to pick on pick up on though with with the team, not so much the team in question, but uh, in the preview to the game, there was quite a few comments that were barbed towards Traore's direction, mainly from uh, pundits Jermaine Beckford and Glenn Johnson. I, I don't know how, I, I know Beckford's been on the pundit scene. I'm not sure how long Glenn Johnson's been on the pundit scene, but both of them have um, chucked some shade towards Traore, particularly before the game, I noted Beckford's comments, who um, I'm paraphrasing, oh, not, not so much paraphrasing here, but he did say that Traore's a player that just annoys him purely because of Obviously, he probably shares a view similar to what we've got, we we have with him, and that he's got all the attributes, but we're getting no return off it. But um, what was your views on on Johnson's and Beckford's comments towards Traoré? Is 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 it with is it with merit? You spot I've... on. You spot on for me. When he's they didn't say anything that was libelous, or you say, well, you're out of order there because I mean he showed it again tonight. He, he had bursts of being great, and then there was other times where just a simple ball just completely eluded him. So everything the both of them said for me was completely justified. Not everything, though, right? I mean, yes. he literally said that, you know, you might as well just give him the ball because he doesn't do anything, and it's like, well, that's not true, is it? I agree in terms of goals and assists, it's not good enough, and I think that, again, showed tonight, it just... Simple pass, the simple pass that he could have, should have, I would have made to Neto, you know. But it, but if, to get to that point, he actually had to do well, get around a couple of players, and then just the simple pass again just eludes him, and I, that's what's so frustrating. But I think in terms of the comments to say that he wasn't, he's not a threat is a bit of a ridiculous statement, isn't it, really? Yeah, I think um, the the Johnson one was, I think. Uh, point of the way he articulated himself wasn't that great I think what he meant was that if you do just stand off Troy or Ray it, it, it's a lesser of two evils in many ways because he just he just goes down throw him down the line ask him to put a cross in generally speaking he won't find his man and that's probably you know the the best case scenario you know if you dive in he'll skip round you and then you're at the game so in in essence I think he understood I understand where he's coming from I, I do think uh, the, the Beckford one, um, like you mentioned just before the chat, Pricey, that he, he didn't understand the idea that we had swapped Neto and Troyore around. And that doesn't matter. If, if you've done your research and you understand how he's played for the last four to six weeks, you understand exactly why that's swapped around because it was totally yeah. ineffective. Yeah, and them, them guys being out wide. But with Troyore, it's, 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 a, it's a simple case of, again, the hard stuff comes easy and the easy stuff comes hard to him to a certain extent. Um, and, you know, the, the the perfect epitome of that was that pass to Neto where Neto had a little tantrum out on the flank. And, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it is frustrating. Um, I mean, we'll get into it, but I, I still think for a certain half-time, for sure, I don't think Neto had anything to say to do about that game. And, you know, Traore was our most dangerous player. So... 
you know, it, 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 things, you know, perception is everything, really. Well, like you say, let's, let's get into it then. So, um, <laughs> it was a bit of a strange first half, if I'm, if I'm completely honest. Um, I mean, coming into the game, we're, we're the team that has got an uptick in form. Newcastle are the team that are slowly being dragged into a relegation scrap, but we, certainly with Fulham's um, improved form as well. Let, let's let, let's get into let's get into the first half. I mean, it seemed Newcastle for me. I mean, we kind of made them look like the Harlem Globetrotters at times. It was it was it was a bit silly. Kim, what, what did you reckon? Um, I mean, Almiron had a big big chance early doors. Sat Maximan was giving us loads of problems. How did you see it? I just thought we weren't at it, and I feel like in the end, Newcastle the first half they wanted it more, didn't they? I think they they had that extra five percent will to win. You know, so maximum was the, was obviously the the danger man, and they they took the game to us. Now you could I I literally was saying. Until we go one nil down here, we're we're not gonna even go forward. We're not even gonna take the game to the. It was waiting for them to go, for us to go one nil down to to start playing. It was it was pretty embarrassing, I think. And if you if I actually looked at the stats at half time, and they outplayed us in terms of possession, more shots, more on target. And it was like, we're playing Newcastle. And if we literally played like we started to play, as usual, I feel like a broken record in the second half, then we wouldn't have been in that position. But it felt like the intent from the off again just wasn't there. And Newcastle, okay, fair enough. They did need to win the game in terms of the relegation scrap that they're in. But Aaron, we were happy just to sit back. We were happy to let them have the ball. Neves and Matinho, they were non-existent Neves in the first half was really poor but so was Matinho they just let the game pass them by and and Shelby was just just running the game yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, the thing is it's it, like you said it even a surprise anymore we just you look at the fixtures and you think okay shit team we're gonna make them look good like Burnley like Albion <laughs> The only one that it didn't do it was Sheffield United on the first day, and even then, because we, we somehow miraculously got two early goals, but it's just the same thing. It's been the same thing for three years. Nothing, nothing changes. First half against a shit team, they're going to play better than us, and if we're lucky, we're getting nil nil at half time. Same again, rinse and repeat. We don't. We, we could put this on. You know, I'm going to get bollocked to you now for being negative as, as always, but it's just fact. It wasn't even a surprise at halftime at all. Ah, uh, Stu, we're, we're brothers in arms on this one. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm here to help you out. I'll back you up. But <laughs> I've, I've, I'm increasingly, I'm increasingly finding these games they're almost scripted against Newcastle mm. because, like you say, we hand them the initiative, they go a goal ahead, and then we suddenly decide that we want to start playing football, and it's like, what? Well, this is this is how we're supposed to be playing against this team. Yeah, whereas from minute one, you know for a fact we're a superior side. It's not even a it's not even a conversation that we aren't the better team here. So go out and have a bit of arrogance about yourself and you know show them show them no respect. You know, we show teams respect every frigging week. 
you know, putting feelers out as if to say, oh, you know, let's see what they've got, you know, and, and we allow teams to be in games and this is how it's going to be with, <laughs> the more I say it, this is how it's going to be with Nuno. And I hate to continually, you know, bang on this drum, but, you know, we, with su- I'm playing on such fine margins. I, I'll go back to the Southampton game just as a perfect example of this, where we had a shit first half like we did today. We came out on top in terms of over the 90 minutes, we've obviously won the game. But who can actually turn around and say we outplayed Southampton over that 90 minutes? I don't think anybody would, would suggest that we were over, overly the better side. There were a couple of moments that we came out on top of. And we could could again, you know, that could have happened today again. Where, we, where we've come out on top and won the game 2-1. But because we play on those fine margins, it could have easily been 2-1 to Newcastle as well. And yeah. it's it just absolutely infuriating. I think there's something in the, the idea that some of those Newcastle players have played against us for three seasons in a row now, like so Lascelles, Shelby, Isaac Hayden. They know about us now. And they know when the first half an hour of a football match, Wolves will give you a chance. So that's what they took. Yeah. So the, the stats play into that, don't they? With how many times we've conceded first. Totally. Look at- it took us 33 minutes, because I remember checking the time, where we could literally string five to ten passes together. Not even, like, we weren't even, yeah, stringing a pass together. And then shortly after then is when the netto chance came. I think it was about 35, 36 minutes in. But we're playing Newcastle, and... That might be acceptable against Man City on Tuesday, you know, the best team in Europe, but it, but it's not acceptable, I don't think, against Newcastle, you know. You might have an off day, fair enough, but the, it's the intent that's a bit, it is kind of draining now because I've literally said it. I said, well, until we go 1-0 down, we aren't going to start playing it. I mean, for and context, Newcastle lost 8 out of 10 games. And we we played yeah. we sat off them for, <laughs> for half an hour without even doing a fuck all. That's that's the truth of it all. And if Almiron was any good, I mean that was a de- that was a very good chance that he hit the post from. I mean, what would have happened then? I mean, it, in, a, in, a, in a parallel universe, we might have actually sorted ourselves out and got into the game earlier. So yeah, maybe might... that's what we needed. We need to yeah. see the goal earlier. Yeah, I'll <laughs> yeah. just point. pass it straight into our goal from from yeah. start one nil down. <laughs> we used to we, we used to kind of we used to almost joke about it last season where we'd um I don't know, it'd be one down, it'd be nil nil at half time, we'd go, Oh, it's, yeah, it's all right, second half wolves is coming, it's fine. But I think as you said, Gully, it's that 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 blueprint has gone on for so long now. What, what must he say before the game? Like like pre match talk. What's what's he what's he saying to them? Lad, you know you know what to do. Just 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 don't try for the first half. Uh, try, try not to let one in though, and then second half, I'll tell you what you should actually be doing. I don't, I don't, don't... <laughs> go on, that's this. We know why it started like this last season when we had we had what, 14 players and we had the Europa League as well. So, not running around like idiots and conserving, conserving our, our power, so to speak, made sense in certain games. And, and but a lot of that stat came out, oh, we falls win today, that they've equaled last year's record at this point. Yeah, that's shit because we had less games to play. <laughs> We've had Raul Jimenez missing for a while, but things weren't any better with it when he was here, when he was, when he had his full head. So it's it's just so infuriating. It's, it's, turned from, it's turned from a tactic into a habit, and that's what it is now. 
you know what me and Stu went on the me and Luke sorry went on Insta, Instagram like maybe me and Stu need to do it at some point um, went on Instagram <laughs> live um, before the game we were like feel like it's been a while and we do it obviously every match day and it had literally been what over a week because we played the Friday night last week um, and that just tells you that the level of fixture congestion that we're dealing with the so-called I mean we've obviously got a midweek game coming up this week but Come on, guys. Like, if you can't get yourself up and start with a level of intensity, again, this is all speculative. We're not saying this is the case. And, you know, sometimes you can just be a little bit off the ball and maybe sometimes playing regularly actually helps because you're in a rhythm and you, you've got a bit of momentum going for you. But today, we need, we need to channel out, you know, you know Sir Alex Ferguson, famous um, halftime chat where, well, it might have been pre-game where he goes to the Man United team before a Tottenham game. He goes, lads, it's Tottenham. We need the lads. <laughs> it's it's Newcastle. Like, just remind yourselves who you're freaking playing against sometimes. Lads, it's Steve Bruce. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we're playing against we're playing we're playing against Potato Head, uh, and I can't call it Mr. Potato Head anymore, can I? Oh no, they've gone back on that decision. Then it's okay. Oh, yeah, they announced it this morning. <laughs> New turn of Tory proportions. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, the first half was a bit of a struggle. And we've got, I think we picked up a little bit before, you know, before the end of the first half, but uh, we definitely weren't firing. But then we're moving to the second half. And then that's, you know, we've got a lot of incidents discussing the second half. Um, so, obviously, for, I mean, again, Sam Maximan was causing us a bit of trouble. He was, having, he was having a bit of disco dancing through our defence. And one, th- one thing about their goal, which I noted, that because at this point, Neto was frustrating me a little with the fact that he just wasn't crossing the ball into the box. He, was, he kept checking back. Um, when Fraser come on for Newcastle, he was straight on, direct cross into the box. And there was Lascelles to, to, to put it away. Um, but obviously, we've got, we've got a few things to discuss because it wasn't just Lascelles who scored the header. Ruben Neves also scored the header as well. So who who wants to uh, take the lead on just on talking through the two goals? Start, starting off with the Newcastle one first. By looking towards Gully there, I'm, I'm suspecting you've got some uh, viewpoints on that on that defending for our goal. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think slightly sympathetic. I think the, the ball came out to Sam Maximan on on the far side, um, and when you're in the box. Defend the way the way the game is at the moment. Defenders are just frightened to put a foot in on, on anyone, and you know it's so easy to give a penalty away. Um, I sympathise a little bit with them. Not to say it was good defending, but then the ball came out to the other side, and then it's essentially you got to treat it like a set piece again. Um, reset. Yeah, just reset. Get get bodies in. What do you think Fraser's going to do from that point? I almost wouldn't even go and close him down just because you know he's going to set it and cross it. So. You know, get your bodies in there and don't let your man run across you. And that's it. it, it there's nothing more complicated than, than that. And we allowed LaSalle to, to get a run on someone and put a header in. And lo and behold, that was what happened in what last season, was it, at St. James as well? Um, where off, I think it might have been off a short corner. or No, it was, it was literally exactly the same. I think we cleared a corner out. The ball came back in and LaSalle scored a header. So, you know... <laughs> Once a mistake, once it's a mistake, but twice it's it's a crime. That's my my dad brought me up on that saying like, <laughs> as a kid. So you know, there you go, you've had it there. Then we had, I mean, that that was obviously I was 
obviously gutted by that. But then uh, to get on towards the end of the game, well, midpoint of the second half, uh, Neto actually got his sparks into life, took on his man, beat his man, and then put on a cross. And then, Kim, what do you reckon the odds were on Ruben mm-hmm. Neves scoring, not just in the box, but in the box with a header? Well, his heading is a lot better than his shooting outside the box, isn't it? Like, yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Which he's renowned for, remember? <laughs> um, I can't remember the last time he had a shot on target. It feels like he doesn't even get them on target now. They literally go sailing over the bar. Like, oh. anyway, I think, yeah. I think... <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true, though. You have to get the commentators still, still do reference, oh, it's never as he loves to dig from long, long range. I'm sure he does like a dig from long range. Yeah. But you're going to delve into the archives to find the last one that really scored. On average, it feels like he has over five shots a game from outside the box and doesn't get any on target. It's kind of infuriating. And his performance in the first half was just horrendous. So, you know, I mean, at least he's getting in the box now, you know. And, yeah, I was shocked that he did put it in. But I think, in my opinion, I think the goalie should have had it personally. Um, it was a good header, but I still think that it wasn't right in the corner, was it? The goal he had to get down, he, he should have got down to it, I think, personally. Well, you, you, you can see when they cut straight to Bruce's face that he knew he dropped a ball of bringing him back for that game. <laughs> when you, you're, putting in, you're putting in a cold keeper for no reason whatsoever. And then, well, they said it in commentary, don't they? Give him three or four games, he would have saved that fine. But still, Neves scoring from a header has done more than than Dunker from headers in the entire season. <laughs> the first, the first, literally, literally the first chance he gets as well, wasn't it? I, I think on the keeper thing, I think if he saves that, we're all creaming over it as one of the greatest saves you've seen this season as well. So, oh, I find it a bit strange the way we judge keepers sometimes because, on the one hand, yes, every goal you concede, you might question the goalkeeper almost, but. It was a good header. He's running away from goal, mm. you know, and he's got some serious power on it as a result. It says that's a seriously difficult header. More difficult than any any of the Dendonka ones that he's had this season, um, I'd say. But I'm, I'm I'm a bit unsure that it was, you know, savable entirely. I think it's one of them where because he's got a hand to it and because we know how good he is, He's got, if it was someone shit like Ramsdale who wouldn't got anywhere near, it, then it would have it just, would have just gone in. Then it, it would it would have been expecting it would a great header. But I'm convinced because... with Ramsdale, his his arms just ended his wrists because he <laughs> just doesn't seem to just doesn't seem to do anything. Shira, Shira, how how is your hate campaign against Ramsdale going? <laughs> he's um he's on tomorrow night, eh? So I've got more important things to do than watch him get slaughtered by Liverpool. So. Good for a laugh. As 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 much as I can, and I can avoid watching Sheffield United and, and his terrible performances every week, I can. I'll just stay away from it because it infuriates me how bad he is for the for more money than Rui Patricio as well. Let's point out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, I think all the top goalies probably should say that. Maybe we're being harsh. I think but... Rui's made more worse ricks this season than that. I would say. Example. Example. Um, I would suggest the, the the Jacob Murphy free kick as an as a perfect example. Yeah. Um yeah, in the yeah. Newcastle game. That was worse than that. Um Eze um going straight through him against Palace. I wasn't no, happy with that. that. Yeah, that was just a that was a power thing, but 
don't again. Think it's like a horrendous mistake from the goalie. I'm just no. It's just what it's one that you you'd expect someone like him to save. And Darlow on top form. Get, it's like when when Michael Oakes was dropped for Paul Jones. Paul <laughs> yeah, 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 the same thing. He came into that game and threw it. He, he dropped a bollock in that game and we lost. Oh, people, were talking, people were talking about Darlow for England, weren't they, recently? Yeah. I'm sure. So yeah, that's always, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah they were. He's been, yeah. He's been really good. good. <laughs> that's madness. I mean, well, so I mean, happy days. We've got, we've got to 1 1. It kind of, I mean, I, that kind of come out the blue for me, but we, all, we almost uh, let it slip through our gloves. Um, Shortly after that, and I'm not sure if Sace knew much about it, but he, he, he did um, a bit of a block on the line. I mean, was there a bit of a suspicion of an arm with that? Or am I, am I, was I, did I see that replay differently? I mean, it kind of hit him like kind of... Green I know zone. This is the, I know, I know this is, was it the green zone, Zerch? So, yeah. It was a sleeve, was, wasn't it? Yeah. I was doing, yeah, I was doing yeah. this motion, but then I realised it's a podcast, unless it's on YouTube. Oh, we, like, we'll, we'll get you on YouTube just for that clip now. There yeah, you I go. It. So, so it wasn't wasted. <laughs> but there was that and then um what what do you reckon Stu to that that silver chance right at the end was it um should they have scored it should the keeper not have had the chance to save it or was it just one of those reaction saves from Dubravka which it's it's more it was more just knee-jerk reaction it was any meaningful attempt at a save Silver's got more of a chance in him than William Jose for the whole game so that's a plus point. Um, but again, with it's a great save for me. He's just got himself there. He's in the it, for all the plaudits that Rue got last week against Leeds when the vast majority of them shots were straight at him. <laughs> if if we say he was man of the match for that, then you've got to say Debravka pulled off a worldie there with his shoulder, the top of his shoulder blade, because he was in the right place at the right time and he spread himself well. And he, he got a bit lucky. Do you think Raul scores that though? If Raul had that chance, do you think he would literally not even give the goalie a chance to be able to save it in a big top corner? It, yeah, it, it, Raul's an incredible header of the ball, to be fair. I, I think the the Man City header he scored earlier in the season proves that. But um, I just think with that one, uh, with headers, they, a lot of them are reactionary rather than properly guided. And with, with Fabio, to be fair on that one, he did, he did everything right, really. Except it's it's just hit Debravka. I don't think it's it's a difficult one because it's hit him and he's he's put it. I don't know how it's gone over. I, I, did, I when I saw it happen, I thought I was like, how has that not gone in? I didn't really understand <laughs> how it didn't go in. But you know, it just took that deflection to that exact degree that it needed to to go wide. And yeah, fair play to him. Like you say, Silva, he just has that knack of getting into positions for opportunities. And to be fair, you, you can't you can't teach that. No. You can't, you really can't coach that. He's got, and if that's a sign of things to come, within five minutes, I think he had three touches of the ball, and two of them were headed chances at goal. The one that Clark kind of got in the way of and um, put out for a corner, and then there was that one. You think seriously, this kid's is there's definitely something there with him. Yeah, he's. I mean, I don't think we've none of the, we've not really slated him on here. We've we've all said it's not his fault. He's there. He's playing he's, now. I, mean, I said, yeah, he should be. He's scored chances before, and he should. He scored goals in the past for the youth side, so he should be scoring goals. But like you said, I mean, I think Bully said that, and any great Alan Shearer, any great goal scorer, say the same thing that you can't coach natural instinct, which he's got. 
Um, you can coach him to not be made of <laughs> balsa wood and fall over and be crushed all the time. <laughs> but again, that's going to come over the summer. So we wait till next season for that. But I thought he put himself about really well in that, that seven, eight minutes he was on. And I was going to go into the William Jose conversation there because apart from that five minutes before he got to a coffee, he did fuck all for me. Well, I was going to say, I'm going to bring in some of the, uh, the Twitter comments now. And um, John Bradley um, has asked, what is a William Jose? And Mark Murphy, <laughs> what, what is it? Just, what is it? <laughs> what is it? And Mark Murphy's also asked, it's William Jose, why is he here? What does he bring? Will he even fit in? Doesn't seem to be bringing much to the game. And I think he does appear to be a bit lost. I understand the fact that he's not getting a lot of a lot of quality service right now. I think we can probably all agree on that. He's not getting the service. But then also I look at him, I think I can't see any decent movement from him. We've just talked about Fabio Silva's movement or just referenced it. And he, he does a lot of good movement when he's on the pitch. He's pulling people left, right and centre. He looks, a lot, he looks actually a lot more agile than William Jose. Jose, I just, I don't know. Uh, is it just me? I, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really seeing, I'm not really seeing anything from him. From them, not, not seeing much benefit from him. But you know, I'm willing to be corrected on that. I said to in you the chat in the week. To be fair, go on, Kim. Oh, so I would <laughs> say, in a nutshell, that you can't just pretend that silver hasn't done well in terms of creating, having chances, he's there. William Jose, he's never, his movement's just not there for me. It's just not, you know, for Wolves, you, you can't just expect that you're going to get hundreds of chances a game as a striker. Raul didn't get that and neither will any of the strikers. That's just kind of the way it is. And I don't think that he fits, William Jose fits into our style of play, personally. I just don't. I don't think he's not bringing anything to the table, is he? He's not really holding the ball up that well. He's getting out-muscled quite a lot. And considering his size, he's not really doing it for me. Like, in his 10 minutes that he was on, Silver, you know, contributed more to the team than than William Jose did in the in the 80 minutes. So, I think it's... I don't think he's contributing nothing. I don't think he's contributing nothing. Um, I think the first half, Lascelles got into him um, a little bit. And to be fair, Lascelles, he's never been a bad defender. And he got a little bit into it. Like, when someone mixes... He's been physically dominant on most of the centre halves he's played so far. You know, been able to hold it up, and he, he, I think he got a little bit intimidated by the cells, which, um, which isn't a good sign, obviously. Um, but second off, he came into it a little bit more, and I mean, anybody who's played five aside will appreciate this. He's, he's like, he's like the wall, the band, the you know, the the walls on the side. When you need to, <laughs> you know, knock the ball around someone and use the wall to your benefit, um. And it lands is exactly. Is he about as mobile as the? He's about as mobile as the wall. you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing because seriously, he's he's not mobile. He he can't press people. He's 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 not making good runs, and he's pretty static anyway. And the one thing he does do is when you play close to him, he, he can lay the ball off to you quite nicely. He's pretty good at that. But that's all he is at the moment. And to be honest, what I would say. 
that's probably what we need to a certain extent in, in terms of over a larger period of time. Silver coming on and having chances, you know, you can't have Silver in the team for 90 minutes every week, I think, at the moment, because I think we would suffer no. as a result. Um, and he would. Yeah. And so so let, let defenders kick the shit out of Jose for 70 minutes and then bring on Silver, and that'll probably be the way to go about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I said it in the window that I don't think he'll score anything because he just doesn't do anything. I mean, he's he's almost like, like you said, he's a link man, and that's what he is. And like I said, um, Giroud the other week, and he's there to... I mean, he, he's effectively a Brazilian mix of he's He doesn't move. He's He doesn't score, but... He, 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 does, no, he, he, he only uh, scores in the FA Cup. Yeah, exactly. And we, we put that up, so he's <laughs> there a chance. Stuart, so, Stuart, I thought you were going to call him the Brazilian Frankowski. Yeah. Yeah, but that's. I don't, he didn't do any of that, to be fair. No, <laughs> he didn't even hold the ball up. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was lost. He was a lost soul. Um, but yeah, it's just. I mean, it looks. I mean, I jokingly said that he's he's been bought here to make Fabio Silva look good, and he's kind of is doing that for some people on Twitter. So fair play. It's an ulterior motive, but now I think he's here just for what he is. He's just a body to be. Kick the shit out of now, like you said, Gully. I think that's that's going to be his role till the, the end of the season. Then we won't see him again. And it's, I, yeah, it's I definitely can't see. Him. I definitely nah. can't. If if we take up that option, I'm, I don't it know what they've seen in him. Imagine yeah. if we saw we signed we, we signed. Say <laughs> so if we, if we signed William Jose and eight Nori in the summer for forty million quid. Eight Nori, I still think has a chance. I still think he does. What did um, what did we think of Nessa's performance today? Then because I felt I don't know if it was up to me, I don't know if it was just me, but I felt sometimes a bit frustrated within the first half, and then he did show that glimpse in, in the second half. But I mean, we had some comments in our group chat as well. Um, he, was, he was frustrating some others, but what did we think, Kim? Did you? Was it just me? Is it just me, or did you did you find you getting a bit frustrated by him as well with his decision making tonight? That, really, that was it, wasn't it? Really, it was his decision making. It was, I think he had that one chance, didn't he, in the first half that you know he should have at least got on target. You know, to not hit the target from there is just yeah, it's not ideal. And then I think second half, I think he improved, but. I still think sometimes he makes the wrong decision and he doesn't play the pass early enough. But then to counteract that, I just, uh, you know, he put that one ball in. I think it was second half. You know, you can't get a more perfect ball than that right in the box and just, you know, no one's there. So I think maybe he's just getting frustrated and he thinks, oh, I'll just try and do it on my own, you know. And then it's, it's detracting you know, the, the whole team. The same with Troy all right. I think they both need to learn when when to lose the ball and when to shoot. And I think both of them are our biggest threats, clearly, but they just don't know when to, to lose the ball and make the right decision at times. And I think that does cost us sometimes. I'd, okay. I'd say... Sorry, go on, Steve. Go on. I was going to say their indecision was costing Samado and Johnny as well tonight massively because they couldn't... I mean, they're, they don't know where to be half the time. You could see them get, they'd try to push up, but then 
one of them would lose the ball in a ridiculous way or play the wrong pass. And then they'd be out of position and we were compromising and then everyone was all legging it back. And it was just, it was a mess from, from top to bottom. And it came from the top with them two being indecisive too many times. I think it, I think it comes from something bigger, to be honest. I don't think when we get into the final third, we're coached to do certain things. I think the reliance is on Traore or Neto yeah. to produce a bit of magic and just make something happen. And what we've what we've got now is a situation where we're not getting the best out of any of them, and that's that's ultimately down to the management of them. I I, I, I fully believe that. And um, you might see it in flashes, and like we say, Neto produced a cross for the goal today, which was you know, a lovely cross, excellent header, but. I, I think Neto was off it today for the most for the most part. Um and he won't get the the shit that Triore does, to be fair, um as a result of that performance, which um I've got a bit of a problem with because Triore was doing more than anyone there uh, for the first hour to especially to actually get us get us going. Um and uh, I, I don't believe the way we talk about Neto that he's doing quite the, the, you know, he's not producing to the levels that we need him to. In, in a game like that against a team like Newcastle, he should be absolutely all over his fault back there. Um, and he didn't do it today. No. Isn't it one goal in 15? That, is that what that's what they, they said. That, they said that in commentary, yeah. yeah. That's not enough. Not enough at all. But I, I think part of that point is that it comes down to the management of him and we're not getting him into the good positions enough because we're not coaching the final third of the pitch. But that's that's what we've we've played for three years, eh? That it's been reliance on the front three or the front four to do something themselves because the middle central midfield just sit. They don't do anything else. And they never have under you know they've never done anything nah, else anyway. No, they haven't. Um so you're reliant on wing backs and your front three to do something magical. There, there's and no creative there's no creativity from open play ever. That sh- that shows how elite Jota and Jimenez were. They were unbelievable players for us because they produced off the back of Nuno just saying, "You know what? We're not going to help you." You know, remember that spell where Jota and Jimenez were just the two up front on themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. and they still got us results. And you think, how the fuck did they do that now? Because the the way the team set up just doesn't it doesn't allow it, someone to get the best out of them. Yeah, you know, they were absolutely pulling miracles out the bag. Well, hopefully we see a bit more from Neves then because he seems to be getting forward a bit more in the last few games and obviously evidence today by, by his goal. But any other standout players, guys, you want to call out? And I'm talking from either team as well. Feel free to pick out anyone from Newcastle you thought stood out. I mean, Shelby, I think he had a good game today. Do we, do we agree? He's a decent player. He's just a questionable individual. That's... Well, he's always been his problem. Should have put size on him, shouldn't we? Just was, any, was, was any was any misdemeanors referenced in commentary? <laughs> I, I don't think there was, was there? Were they, the, did they mention it? On the international broadcast, it was mentioned. That he, he oh, had was an, it? Uh, an argument, not that he was racist at all. Okay. I see, I see. I think, yeah. I but the, it was more that... Neves and Matinho were completely off it in the first half rather than Shelby being anything special. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do like Joe Willock. I think he's a decent player. Um, and obviously, ASM is just, you know, he's, he's their version of Triore in the sense that 
you know, you give him the ball, shit happens. You know, he just makes it happen. But the way we played in that first half an hour meant that Sam Maximan was getting into onto the ball in much more dangerous positions than Troyore was. Troyore was still taking people on and committing people, but he was doing it from the halfway line where Sam Maximan was getting near the box. So then yeah. stuff it stuff is gonna happen because we're allowing it to get to that part of the pitch. You know, how many touches they had in the penalty area in the first half compared to us would have been absolutely dwarfed us. You know, and that if we go back to chances, you know, we talk about Joe Linton, the clearance off the line, the the disallowed goal they had uh, where Sam Maximan was offside, Joe Willock should be putting that away himself. You know, it shouldn't even be a question that he's offside because the ball should already be in the net. And again, then we're talking, you know, one nil down before half time. And, you know, that's not good enough. It's not good enough. So uh, to round off then, uh, do you think it was a fair result on reflection or not? We got away with it again. <laughs> And you're talking about getting away with it against Newcastle, who have lost eight and ten. So we got away with it. It was probably a fair result because they couldn't score either. Completely expected, which is worrying. Ian, what do you reckon? Was that a fair result in the end? I think we all know that a night out in Newcastle is more exciting than the game every time. (laughs) No. Yeah, it is what it is. I think second half towards the end of the game, yeah, we started to play, but it was all too little, too late. So for me, I feel like in the end, yeah, I guess just about we deserved a point and, and we could have nicked it, but yeah. Really, what do you reckon? I think, I think to sum it up, it was a fair result, but it wasn't a good one for us at all. I do. It's probably the favourite thing I do enjoy about playing Newcastle is the away day. To be honest, great. It's, it's always great it's always a good weekend. Always a good weekend. Yeah. Right. So even though last time I went, when we beat them two 0 I did end up in uh, flares. <laughs> Which was, but but the club at the club I was in before that, it was this really weird, uh, but posh club where like even before you went in the club, there was like these women in glass boxes, just like, like it, these... it wasn't it wasn't tucked up, was it? No. No. It, there's, there's all these booths inside and stuff. It, it, I don't know, it wasn't my scene. <laughs> so yeah. I, I went to Flares instead. Well, the shark bar. <laughs> and the, 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 the shark bar's opposite the ground. I've been there. It's, um, it's decent in there. But <laughs> the, the added bonus is you obviously you get your steps in um, up the up the away end as well. Uh, you know, for all the booze that you drink, you're working it off. Work off I a point, yeah. I've actually been to Newcastle. Well, I've been to Newcastle, but Sunderland that I went to just because Newcastle scares me with the height. <laughs> really? Yeah, you can't yeah. Fall. To be fair, that, the players are minuscule from the top tier. Like I remember the, I think it was. Oh, is the oh, Stu Adam? You might remember. You guys might remember the um, the game Vio Ganea scored the equaliser. Yeah, 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 was there. yeah. My dad's. Um, we were celebrating the goal. My dad got knocked about three rows down. And the <sighs> the, the seats come very like up to your shins in front of you, don't they, really? They're not yeah. really high. And honestly, you shit yourself if you are. And he fell, like I say, he fell yeah, down two time. or three rows. And so it is like frightening. Because I've been on Wembley back row and that is scary too. It's steeper it's, than that. Yeah, it's much yeah, steeper. St. Yeah. St. James is just proper steep. When you get to the top, for that, for that 2003 game, I was 
pretty much at the back. And it's like looking at a Sabutio pitch. The players are like yeah, that, tiny. that tall, that, t- that tiny. And you literally you look out and you, you practically level the horizon. <laughs> like it's I a great view. See Sunderland. Yeah, it's great it's view. A, it's a really nice view. It's better than the view you get from like in the Riverside Stadium in Millsborough. <laughs> I've I haven't done Sunderland. I've, I've only done um, St James's and Riverside. Riverside, I'm I'm not in a rush to go back to it all. Uh, <laughs> but um, we'll call it to then there on the game. Uh, so we'll take a break now, and when we come back, we will preview our uh, gimme game against Man City. Back in a moment. Hi everyone, Matt from Wolves Fancast here. If you're anything like me, time is of the essence these days. How am I meant to take training with my wonder kids on the managerial football simulation game that I'm not allowed to mention for legal reasons if I'm too busy worrying about my online media presence? Well, that's where our friends at PixelYetiMedia.com come in. They're not just web designers. They're a creative agency that cover all of your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So go check them out at PixelYetiMedia.com they'll get you set up quicker than a Dharma Traore running at a terrified left back speaking of which who's got my baby oil all right welcome back to the fancast guys um we're now going to preview our game against man city which i think we're all in agreement is an easy three points um what are we expecting um or what are we what are we thinking for this game i mean city uh, pretty much turned into the team we all kind of expected that they should be given the players they've got at their disposal i think they're like after today, they're like 20 straight wins in all competitions. Obviously, the champions elect, they're in good shape to finally win the Champions League. I mean, 1 0 to, to the Wolves, I guess. <laughs> Stuart, what do you reckon? Yeah, they've got to stop winning sometime, haven't they? And it's the exact kind of thing that we'd go and do now be absolute wank against Newcastle and then go <laughs> soak up the pressure against all odds against. Probably the best side in Europe, like Kim called them earlier, which is probably fair, and and get something ridiculous like a one 0 win. But now that as long it goes back to the old proper and unbeatable times, where if you go there and you're not humiliated, that then it's job done because they look ridiculous at the minute, and we do not look very good. So yeah, <laughs> I can't see anything personally. But again, it's just don't disgrace yourselves. <laughs> It's funny that they can look so good and yet they, they choose to put Aguero and Jesus on the bench as well. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like something that he actually chooses to do and they're still like just coast to, to, to wins. But, Gully, what, what, what do you think we've got to do to stay in the game? Or at least, you know, is it, I'm, obviously we've done it before where we've, two seasons ago where we did the double over them, but things have changed since then. So what, what do you think we've really got to do to... To not disgrace ourselves. Don't know what we're worried about, guys. Pep's a fraud, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Bold I wasn't bring that up. Fraud. Bold fraud. <laughs> um I you know what? It's it I I'm anticipating a game like the one we had against Chelsea, just because I don't think we've got that threat on the counter-attack as as much as we used to. Um, especially with someone like Jose um as our kind of point man to to hold the ball up. So 
I think it's a sit deep and kind of hope and pray for a point. Uh, the, the one thing we shouldn't do, hopefully, is um, give away or get a man sent off early on, like Bolly did that one year, um, and, the, and then then you know you really are done for. But like, yeah, like we say, they've got so much variety in their team, which is the most concerning thing. I think that you know you can you can deal with them for probably an hour, uh, and then they'll bring someone on who will just change things up a little bit or Sterling off the bench. You know, like, like we, I, I don't know if you guys watched the, the game today against West Ham. Yeah. And, you know, West Ham played well, to be fair to them. They did a decent job. But then they just seemed to have an extra gear. And then there's four, like both the centre-halves scored. And you just think, oh, if both centre-halves are winning the game for them, yeah, you're on a hiding to nothing. There's, both centre-halves have scored more than they've conceded in the last, like, the last exactly or something like that. So, Kim, it sounds easy enough, doesn't it? <laughs> you just you take anything below a 3 nil, Like, 3-0, you'd probably take now. Maybe that's a bit negative. 3 nil. 3-0 for City, obviously. I think I can take that. I feel like that's still a bit of a slapping, yeah. isn't it? What was Sunday is for? Yeah, so I, but I think they're the best team in Europe. So three nil, you're not. You will soon forget about it. Yeah, everyone will fume again, but we'll forget about it, won't we? Whereas two nil, yeah, fair, just move on. Four nil, then it gets a bit like. Mm. I mean, yeah, we, we might score. So why am I saying four nil? You know, you never know. <laughs> I mean, we well, you don't want to be going. You don't want to be going into the Villa game three, four days later. On the back of an absolute hiding deer, really. So, I think that's that's more important, and especially since we'll have a long three week break after that because of someone's genius idea to fuck up the FA Cup. So, I think I wouldn't I wouldn't blame him if he dropped everyone and just put a, do, do a full Mick McCarthy and save him. <laughs> McCarthy, yeah. <laughs> well, the only, the only player that gets retained is. Uh, Patricio, and then it's 10 outfield changes. <laughs> oh, yes, if, if only we had 10 outfield players, that would be shit. <laughs> yeah. shit. We, we had, had eight blokes on the <laughs> I just go 10, 10 in defence and just poke <laughs> and crap for a nil-nil. Uh, but this is, this is a, a symptom of the way things have gone this season, I think, the way we're talking about this game, because we'd have looked forward to this game yeah, you know, last season uh, we we obviously had a you know even going back to the start of the first Premier League season when we had that game where Bolly scored with his hand, you know we felt optimism. We had a team out there that looked like it might cause them problems. But you what you watch? I mean, this is very much in reaction to the way we played today. I think as well. You watch the way we played today, and you think, well, there's no way we're going to lay a glove on City, and that's goes back to the performance against a team like freaking Newcastle. You know, it's nothing to do with City. City are a great side. You can't argue with that. But you always hold a little bit of hope that, you know what, you've got quality players in attack. And we do have quality players attack, but the, the way things have gone over the last six months, you know, you just don't hold a prayer. When you look, you look Would at you the... back them? Sorry. Would you back Neto, Traore to have a last-minute chance who on goal? Would you back them to score? And right now, I feel not like at this moment. No, no, of course not. 
but but then in, in essence in essence you might as well just have a go at them i think rather than sit there and wait for your punishment but he won't in many he? ways yeah of course he won't of course he won't but if we had Raul and Jota, you feel like, and I know we don't, so it's pretty pointless statement. But if we did, then I feel like we'd have a chance because you know that they're more than likely to have two chances, maybe, or score one of them. Whereas I feel like now it's like, oh god, we might as well just if if you say like you say, if we had a go, we might as well. But that's a huge risk. Because we could literally lose like four or five if we did that. So the only way is to do what we do best and just defend well and and hope. And you look at the last the last team to go at us properly, and Arsenal for that first twenty five minutes of that game, and it was just we couldn't deal with Arsenal of all teams, <laughs> and we made them look like Man City looked to everyone else. They, they were very good that day. To be fair, I thought yeah yeah, but yeah, we they created so many chances against us. <laughs> So it's, it bodes perfectly well. So what we're saying is, we're saying 1-0 and William Jose is going to score. That's what, I've, that's what I've took away from that. Just How, how is a wall going to score a goal, Adam? Come on, explain it to me. <laughs> Just kick the ball at it. It'll rebound off it. <laughs> nice <laughs> deflection. <laughs> yeah. my, mate, my, mate, my mate messages me every game. And has done since about like how is William Jose's second or third game? He's going to score tonight. He's going to score today, and he just repeats every single game. He's going to. I feel. I feel he's going to score tonight. What? Wally and Jose. <laughs> I mean, all, all I've been thinking of for the last half hour is that Dale Winton game show when he used to say, "Bring on the wall." And, Rest in peace. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> this. You're going to have to explain this. Was Dale, was yeah. Dale Winton the host of that? I thought it was someone else. Yeah, I just remember sure Supermarket Sweep. Sure, he was. Is that the one where like you had the wall comes towards you and you've got to get yourself into some contort into some shape or something so the yeah, wall it passes was, through you? It was it was a wall. Yeah, exactly. It was a wall with a cut out shape that you had to contort your body through. And it was like styrofoam. It was a really shit. It was Saturday night on BBC One. <laughs> this is what happened when there was no football on. Okay. Um, How long ago was this? Like ten years ago. Four, five years ago. No way. Uh, I don't know. It has to be. The only thing Dal Winton's famous for is Supermarket Sweep. Oh, there you go. It was called called Bring on the Wall. No way. Seriously. Yeah, Bring on the Wall. Although it must be some metal reference. Also, another result comes up saying Dal Winton, Wall of Death. I didn't didn't click on that one. (laughs) To be fair, (laughs) Jamal LaSalle's went through the wall a few times today. So, you know, Bring on the Wall, like you say. (laughs) Actually, it says... (laughs) 2009. <laughs> yeah. Bring on the wall. That's, that's more than a few years ago. Yeah, well, <laughs> locked in life, eh? Everything, every, every day is the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want predictions then. Uh, Kim, what's your prediction then? I'm trying to remember what I said in the, the new predictor league, but I, I think I said 2 0. <coughs> yeah, 2 0 City. I think I'm. I'm going for sorry, sorry to be negative. I think that's the first time I've actually gone against Wolves since I've been on the podcast, actually. So there we go. Go there, what do you reckon? Yeah, I, I very rarely predict a Wolves defeat, but uh, I've gone to one city in the in the predictor, so I can't really back down from that. Stu, round round it off. 
two one wolves. <laughs> just, no, you just, you can't. You got to stick to the brand, Stu. You can't do that. Just for sheer stupidity, and because we know all the uh, in you know we trust megalomaniacs are going to be out in force if that happens. Oh just my god, I couldn't handle that. I couldn't handle it. Just for just for comedy, um, it's one of them things that it's so ridiculous that it could quite easily happen. And it's oh, it, it, look, look at look what you could have lost. And so yeah, I'm actually going to say I'll put it in the thing as well. Two one wolves, just because it doesn't make any sense. Is that what you put on the predictor? I ain't done that far yet. Doesn't I'll, make I'll any sense. Though. Just just doesn't make any sense. You're just just like Wendy Smith, eh? Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is she real? Is she not real? <laughs> Hi Wendy. <laughs> hope you're listening. Hope, hope the singing's going well. Um, so what I wanted to touch on as well, just before we finish, uh, we had the news, actually the good news, potentially good news, that we could get some fans back in, albeit for the last game of the game of the season, which for us is against Man United. Um I've got a few questions around this, uh, to be honest. Firstly, is it, is it, worth, is it worth it, really, to, to, to put all like, the protocols and processes in place for essentially one game that would have, I think, like 10,000 fans in? And is it, is it something that you, that you, that you go to? Um, I'm just trying to gauge some opinion because I think, well, for, from my point of view, I'll, I'll probably, I would still choose to go if possible, but... I think for the sake of just one game, where after, after which you'd have that natural close season break anyway, would we not just be better off just waiting until the start of next season and then start it where we could probably, by that point, hopefully get everyone all in together? I just want to get everyone's thoughts on on the initiative as it is and, and would, you, would you put your name in the hat to go? I mean, wouldn't, didn't they have it all ready to go for 8,000 anyway? all along before the government fucked it all up. So if that was the case and the, the ballot already and everything and their precautions all set out, then surely it's just a case of just bringing them back online. It's only one, it's only one game and we can't get over, I think 7,600 or something like that. I think it's a quarter of capa- full capacity. So I mean, I'd do it. Yeah. I and mean, I would have done it in full stadium for coronavirus. Um, but <laughs> even it, it's one of them things that you just know if you there's people who are going to go to that who are going to brag about it for fucking ever so mm. you just want to be part of it just just so you can slam them down and say yeah it was a terrible experience because it's that's what it's going to be it's just a, a sideshow for in preparation for next year when hopefully it's 75 percent maybe to, maybe full um but yeah i'll do it why not i don't think any surely anyone's not gonna like put their name in the ballot are they but I think I agree with you, Adam. I think it's just, I'd rather wait, really. Like, you don't want to miss out, so you would you would put your name in. But yeah. I think it's just, why, why not, I, I, I say why bother, but I guess the club aren't going to think why bother, because at least, you know, it'd be a bit of revenue. But in essence, what's kind of what's the point? And I don't think it is... I didn't personally think it was fair at the time when they did that 8, 10K or whatever, roughly, for various areas, if you remember, in, in the middle of the season. I that was a tier that, system, wasn't it? Yeah. I didn't think that. It, it made a difference, didn't it? 
you could tell on the TV and you could tell by some of the scores it did make a difference. And personally, I really don't think that, it, that it's fair. So we'd have, we'd have beaten Liverpool if there weren't a crowd, in, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Sorry, no, even <laughs> even then, like it was only like what was it, two thousand or four thousand? It's only two thousand. Yeah, I think it's two thousand. So it was. It wasn't. It wasn't a massive amount, but. I, I agree with what you're saying, Kim, because there will be people who will, if they get in, there'll be a million and one sort of pictures of them at the ground going, I'm back, you know, I'm, I'm, bit, I'm, in, I'm one of the first ones back. And there'll be some, some, some super fans will be pissed off that they didn't get picked, guarantee you. Don't you think this is, I mean, it feels like another PR move from the government, I think, just because they don't understand the sense of competition with the Premier League and, they oh, yeah. could, and they they've just said, "Oh, let's just try." There's one game left in the season. Let's just try and get fans in as a big PR move, as a big tick in the box for them to say, "Look what we made happen." Um, not understanding the concept of competition within the league and that it could actually have an impact, um, especially with the numbers that they're talking about. It's not like you know dribs and drabs of people going into the ground. You know, ten thousand a ten thousand strong home crowd could have a genuine, you know. You know, real impact on on a fixture, and if there is, you know, seriously decisive games, I mean, we're probably not going to be involved in a decisive game um, unless Man United. No, nah, Man United aren't winning the title. Um, but you know, it's it's there's a serious question about that. So let's just see it through. From my perspective, just just get it get it done with. I feel sorry for the people who, you know, the ones that were like conceived in the family enclosure with toilets, and you know, have been to a game since you know there were well like I say conceived in the family enclosure toilets and you know then you've got an entire season where they haven't managed to go to a football match and that's that's a significant thing I think you know we've all gone an entire season without seeing Wolves live when you you know how regularly we'll go that's a bit of an odd one Um, but that's just the situation we've got to deal with at the moment yeah I mean I, I I wasn't conceived in the toilets. Well, not then toilets. Anyway, I know where I was, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was. <laughs> she. Um, my mum got pissed up on a on a trip to Bristol City away and spilt the beans on what the exact date and um, how I came to be. <laughs> so that was that was enjoyable. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. I, I mean, I'd missed four games since August '95 at home. <laughs> So to be away anyway was annoying, but then to have this whole season of sitting in my house with base layers on, it's all been a bit strange and it's it's weird now because I'm kind of it's I'm so accustomed to it. I don't know getting in the Emerald Club at eleven o'clock is going to be a, a dream again. Is that is that an explanation <laughs> for the base layers now, Stu? You're just doing it because that's what you do on a match day. When when it stopped last season. The idea was I'd still put a wall top on because it was my kind of way to be still connected in some kind of weird hippie way. I understand that, yeah. yeah. But then I thought, well, I ain't going to wear a jumper because I wouldn't wear a jumper at a match. I thought, well, I know what I'll do. I'll put a base layer on as a laugh. I thought, well, actually, it's quite comfortable. That's why I wear it anyway. So that's why I've worn it ever since and mainly to piss down with. And matching colours every time. Yeah, of course. It's, be- it's better than putting the hoodie on with the kit with the kit over the top of the hoodie, though. Yeah, never. <laughs> you feel like no, you would be one of those people, wouldn't you? No, never, never have. Never wore a hoodie over under a shirt. I've wore. We've we've done. We've talked about this before. I had a black 
Wolves turtleneck jumper with WWFC there for a, a long time. Was that an had... mer- actual official merchandise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloody hell. It was, Let's um, just start was doing like... suits in the club shop now. <laughs> well, like, that, that, like the pep one. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you think think of the milk tray man, but with yeah. that kind of thing, but just with a gold WWFC embroidered into the neck piece. Amazing. You know, that adds a good 20 quid to the price tag, doesn't it? At least. I mean, I'll, I'll, if they sold that again, I could walk easily walk around as a milk tray man now. <laughs> You've got a very high opinion of yourself, this thing. Six imagine, 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 six if Enrique, imagine if Enrique Glazes was a little milk tray man. If you broke into my house and <laughs> left a box of chocolates, I'd be very, very concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Enrique Glazes is, is, is crossing the streams. We can't talk about that on here. <laughs> You know, if, if Steve been broken to your house, because there'd be the trail of empty Aldi, Aldi beers behind him as he leaves the house. We're stressed with this, this government thing. That, um, I think at this point, it's only an option, isn't it? I think the government have said that, yeah, you can do it, but I'm not sure if the Premier League are actually going to push ahead and do it yet, or they haven't confirmed they're going to do it yet. Probably for that reason, for like integrity purposes. I guess, it, I guess it's similar to like the Euros potentially all being held over here. That there's integrity and fairness issues with that as well, isn't there? Like having the Euros that was supposed to be all over Europe, but then is confined just to England, would then come heavily caveated. Should, should we actually go on and win it <laughs> and say, yeah, right, you won it? But wasn't that the tournament where only your fans were allowed? But to be well, we fair, know, though, we know England only win things in, 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 in England. Don't, don't, don't. Exactly. It's their time to shine, <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's their moment. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's surely at least 100,000 fans, 100,000 people who would, of each nationality in the Euros, who would apply for tickets in this country, who live here, surely. So you'd still get a certain amount of French and German and Dutch and whoever, whoever is in that. I, can't, I don't even know it's been that long who <laughs> even qualified for it. <laughs> you, you know, there are people out there that just don't like football. And have no interest in football. <laughs> That's why I said that there's going to be that amount of people who are interested. Just grab every Frenchman you can find in this country and just put them in the stadium. <laughs> <Ooh la la. laughs> well, on that note, then um, we'll draw it to a close there. Um, so, as ever, please find uh, the rest of our content it's available on. Uh, YouTube, please check out uh, Gully's Tactical Analysis. Uh, there'll be one coming up uh, for the Newcastle game shortly from, from Gully on YouTube. Uh, and also, please check us out on Insta, uh, Wolves underscore Fancast. Uh, you'll see we're post, posting content on there. And you'll also see Luke and Gully entertaining the masses pre-match, half-time and post-match as well. So from all of us, from Stu, it's a goodbye. Accept your job if you can get one. Goodbye. <laughs> and from Gwilly. 1-1 with Newcastle on Nuno's gravestone. <laughs> and from Kim. Bye. Good night. Bye, everyone. Catch you later. <laughs>